You are listening to Become a Guitarist Today podcast with Adam Roach. Hey there, and welcome to episode number 168 with my guest today, Key Marcello, who used to play in the band called Europe. So Key has actually got a, a new album out called Out of This World, which we discuss about in today's podcast. Now, as well as talking about the album, Key also gives us a great lesson on writing great melodies and hooks. And he also informs us on a guitarist that, personally, I've never heard of before, but I'm sure other people have. His name's Oli Masal. The band's called Pato. So like an early 70s band. The Oli is just incredible. Now, before we do go to interviews, thank you again to my sponsors. So Arnold Krakowka and Custom Guitar Picks. So thank you both once again. Now make sure you stay tuned. I've got lots of great guests coming up over the next couple of weeks. I have all the way from America, Juno Dever. She's an amazing guitarist. I have classical guitarist Daniel Nostico, who's actually been on the podcast once before. But in this podcast, we break down the difference between the classical guitar and the electric guitar. So it's a really good insight to the different types of instruments. And I also have the one and only Zach Wild from the Ozzy Osbourne Band and also Black Label Society to talk about his new album called Doom Crew Inc. Now a lot of the podcasts I'm doing this year will be also available on my YouTube channel as well. So you can also check out the videos on the YouTube channel as well. So let's go over this interview now with Key Marcello. Alright, well I must say congratulations with the, the new album so entitled Thank Out, you. Out of This World. Yeah. Thanks a lot. Yeah, we had so much fun doing this, you know. It's been pure joy, actually. Mm. And so you, you wrote all the songs, didn't you? Was it except for one, maybe? Yeah, I, I wrote this stuff this time. I'm expecting on the, on the next album, Tommy will be more involved in the songwriting. He's a great writer, too. But I was just so full of inspiration. Plus, I had a time on my hands since, because of the COVID situation. It yeah. was the only positive thing coming out of this pandemic bullshit so i i could just more or less and i have the studio in my house so i could more or less just sit and work my ass off 24 7 which i did i just turned the phone off and and locked the door told the family i'm gonna be a bit busy <laughs> and it worked out Amazing. i think they were kind of glad to get a break from me yeah. to be quite frank <laughs> <laughs> yeah, go to your camera. Yeah, it worked out for, it, yeah, to get rid of that bastard. <laughs> it worked out for the best. And uh, the only song, with the 10th song, uh, the one I didn't write completely by myself, was actually meant for Easy Action, mm. uh, written back in 2007 or eight, perhaps. Okay. And uh, it's written by me and the lead vocalist and drummer of Easy Action. It never happened that album so i figured this song i always liked that song that would work for us and we tried to make a new take on it because it was really in the vein of easy action but we tried to do something different with it it was thomas idea to come up with um, uh, a tapping pattern okay. you know like a hook in the beginning yeah, um, yeah. Of, not, of not tonight you know and that worked out really well it gave it its own identity and obviously Thomas amazing singing. Oh yeah, takes it somewhere else, you know. So he sounds great. I mean, you all sound great on this album, but his voice suits the music down to a T. Yeah, I'm I'm really happy about it. And 
enormous thing, you know, for the end result was having Ron Nevison mix it all. It was the first time I worked with him for 33 years, actually. Wow. <laughs> he mixed that Europe album back in 1988. And me and Tommy were talking about who's going to mix this once we get we were getting to the point where we needed to mix the album. It was almost finished, the recording. And we tried a couple of uh, modern guys out, <laughs> and we didn't like it at all. I mean, now, don't get me wrong, but a lot of new material that comes out nowadays, the, the mixing engineers seem to be so focused on compressing and limiting everything. Yep. So it's like flatlining, you mm -hmm. know? And, and I'm not interested to hear what the lead vocalist had for breakfast. <laughs> I want to hear some dynamics, you yeah. know? I, I hate it when it's, you know, yeah. in your face. I want to hear dynamics, ups and downs, lights and shadows. Yeah. What the fuck happened to all that? Yeah. That's what music is all about, I think, you know? And, yeah, for sure. And, we spoke on the phone about this, me and Tommy, and uh, he said, well, you know what, call him. And as it happens, I kind of kept contact a bit. So I called him. He lives, he lives now in the state of Washington, okay. in a house up in the mountains where he has his studio, still working, as always. Mm. And uh, I said, you know, we, I have a project. I think you would do great. It's right up your alley. And he said, okay, being very generous, he said, send me a track on Dropbox, send me all the files. I gave it a shot. I said, send the mix back to you. If you like it, let's do something. If you don't, don't worry, you know? Yeah. Which was amazing. So he, he did a mix of Twilight yeah. and uh, he sent the mix back to all of us and it totally blew our minds. It was just exactly what we wanted out of this album. And then with a little, some magic changing around in calendars and all that. We got it to mix the entire album. I'm so proud of that because oh. that's a big, big part of the sound of the whole thing, you know. Oh, 100%. Well, never mix it. Yeah. Yeah, no, he did an amazing job. Yeah. He's got some track record too. When, when you go to his website and you read his track record, you either believe he's, which is the truth, one of the biggest producers in the world, or you, you think he's a pathological liar yeah. <laughs> because it's unbelievable the stuff he did. Led Zeppelin, The Who, Chicago, Meatloaf, Heart, yeah. you know, different styles of music as well. And, and you know, unbelievable. Yeah, Such experience and, and wisdom you can bring to a project yeah. you really did on this one. And didn't you do like Kiss and Ozzy as well? Yeah, Kiss and Ozzy. Yeah. You know, see, I keep forgetting the biggest ones, but he did so much, you know? Yeah. That's incredible. It's great. Yeah. If, if, if the corona thing, if the COVID thing lightens up a bit, it would be nice to actually work together for the, for the second album. It would be lovely to drag his ass over to uh, Blackrock Studios in Santorini or something like that in Greece. That would be nice. We'll see what happens. <laughs> He's just a, a master of finding everything in its right place because yes. it's really hard to to make a, a final mix to make sense there's a lot of stuff competing with each other and you have to make decisions you know yeah like old school you have to keep your hands on on the mixing table and you just do that and 
Yeah. <laughs> you have to work work the mix, you know. Yeah. It's not as easy just putting it down and putting compressors and limiters on. No. If it would be that easy, anybody could do it, which would which is what people what people think right now. Yeah. They think it, that anybody can mix an album, but that's just not the case, no. you know. Exactly. Yeah, like I say, this, so, this this album I just did, you know, pretty much did it all here. I sent it to a guy in France, Arnold Krakowka, his name is, and he he did all the mixing and mastering there. You know, I'm so glad I did. Yeah. There's no way I could have got that sound here. Yeah, it's it's such a big difference. I think that's what I that's why I never mix. I produce stuff. But I refuse to mix because you need somebody that really knows that, and it's not me. I know <laughs> I know other stuff, you know. Yeah. So going to some of the tracks. So your first single, "Hanging On," which is a great, yeah. great song, and. Great melodic solo as well, which I mean, all your solos I love. It's a, I just love your melodic playing in the solos. Like you can actually hum them. It's not like just a thousand notes. I mean, you have some of that in there, but you know, it's a, they're very nice solos. Yeah, well, I like to keep it melodic, and it's always been my thing to have a melodic substance to the solos. I mean, if anybody can just shred away, but yeah. what's the point in that? And I told this story a lot of times, but I was actually. I read in Guitar Player magazine just prior to going to London to record um, an album with Europe. I was living in the Bahamas at the time, and I, I just got—I had a prescription of um, Guitar Player magazine—and I read an article about Pat Martino, a jazz guitar player, yep, yep. monster, uh, really good player, and. Uh, it wasn't about him, but he was taking a walk on Manhattan and he bumped into Mr. Les Paul, you oh, yeah. know. Yeah. Les Paul was amazing. He, he came up with a lot of stuff like multi-track recording. Mm. It wasn't for him. That, that wouldn't exist. And he was a really accomplished session musician mm. and, and toured actually until his death uh, 10 years ago. Mm. Very melodic player as well. And Pat approached him. He didn't know him, but he came up to Mr. Les Paul and said, Oh, Mr. Les Paul, I'm a huge fan. And Les Paul recognized him and he said, Hey, Pat, you're great. You sure play a lot of notes, but does your mother recognize you on the radio? Oh, really? <laughs> Motherfucker. What a statement. <laughs> and, you know, with that in my mind, I went to record this album, which also proved me right because Melodies is king. Oh, yeah. Nobody's going to, you know, walk down the street humming on. <laughs> Not that way it works. It's... They're gonna, you know, the big melodies. Yep. That's what they're going to remember in the whole in, in the whole thing. And then you can you can mix it up with training because obviously training is fun. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's exciting. But uh, I use it as a trampoline to upheave the melodic parts, you know, yeah. if you wish. But uh, yeah, Hanging On is a great song, like a simple chorus. We thought it would be a first, a, a wise first single choice to show off the band. Mm. Um, the great drummer, Darby Todd, he, he used to be in the darkness. He played with Gary Moore and uh, everybody. Devin, he, he plays on Devin Townsend's new album. He can do any style. My favorite drummer, I try to involve him in everything I do. Mm. Uh, Ken Sandin, 
originally in the band Alien, a big band here in Scandinavia, and, and of course in, in Japan. Yeah. And Tommy Hart, the vocalist from Fair Warning, amazing vocalist, uh, also had a beautiful career, in, uh, namely in the EU and uh, Japan. It's yeah. just a marriage made in heaven, really. And it started off with us, me and Tommy working on an unrelated project called Key of Hearts. And we really found each other. And I introduced him while I played the festival in Milano mm -hmm. in Italy with Key Marcello Band, which Darby and Ken, you know, are the rhythm section. In. Yeah. And so we got to meet all the four of us. And, and that was really important for all of us to get to know each other and to hang for two or three days and talk about music, where we want to go with our music, you know, our experiences and, and, and all that. And then we we actually did a gig and I called Darby and, and Ken to join us and we rehearsed in Gothenburg, Sweden, yep. uh, a couple of days before this festival. And the festival is actually... We recorded the live album as well, the oh, live the live tracks. I was going to ask you about that. So yeah, there we go. <laughs> yeah, it's it's in Ludwigsburg, the Heat Festival. Okay. But okay, let's back the tape. Yeah. Back in Gothenburg, in Top Floor Studios, we rehearsed for this uh, festival with this lineup. It was easy as pie. You know, yeah. we had the set down in no time. We played the songs a couple of times and realized we have a lot of time over here, mm -hmm. you know? So I told the guys, hey, you know, I have three new songs. Why don't we try them out in the studio? I mean, it's a studio. What <laughs> what could be the harm? <laughs> what could be the harm of it? So we did. And before the night was over, we had recorded three basics. The three first songs we recorded were In a Million Years, Twilight, and Lighting Up My Dark. Yep. And I think then and there is when the band was born. We didn't have the band name yet. It came later. But the, the actual band was born there. And then we went on a couple of days later to do the Heat Festival in Ludwigsburg. After that, we felt this is a band. You know, let's just continue doing this. And so uh, we, the, we finished up the three first songs. And the original plan was to do a crowdfunding campaign, you know, which we did. But in the midst of that, our manager heard from labels in Japan that were interested in, in listening to these three tracks. So we got interest all of a sudden from three labels in Japan. Wow. And we chose JBC Victor because one, I worked with JBC Victor in Europe and they did a great job for us. And, and after that, I did a couple of other stuff, other projects on, on JBC. So it felt like the whole label for us. And it did amazingly well. They did a great job. We were number one on the album charts and pretty much dominated the album charts uh, from April when it, when it was released, you know? Mm. So really happy about the, the result in Japan. And obviously, we want, since we sort of officially released it in Japan, we wanted to do the same in the rest of the world. And we heard about Atomic Fire. Yeah. We also knew that we had to wait for nine months before they before they could actually start releasing stuff, you know. So we had to um, keep that secret, basically. Yeah. Um, we had a vow of silence because nobody was about, was supposed to know about it until they went public with it. Yeah. But we thought that would 
that was the right choice. This is the label for us. Yeah. That's all acquired. So that's what we did. So now in January, it's the first time it's released in the rest of the world. And we're really excited about it. I'd say my favorites would have to be, I mean, they're all great, but but I really love the, the Warrior. Just oh, great, yeah. Because I'm a huge Van Halen fan, and just gave me a bit of a Van Halen vibe to it. Oh, absolutely. I mean, first of all, it's an Alex Van Halen groove. Yeah, yeah. Well, actually, it's it's a Billy Cobham groove. Okay, yeah. You know, from 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 Spectrum, yep. I mean, the album Spectrum. I think he was the first one I ever heard do this groove at that speed, you know. But and, and Alex and Halen, I know being a Billy Coleman fan, picked it up and and, and they did it with, with the band. But uh, it's such a beautiful groove, and I always wanted to do something with that. And during sound checks with, with Hugh Marcella band, yeah. Darby would just start playing that groove, and I, I came up with this riff. Okay. And we would jam on that for hours sometimes if we had time. <laughs> and and Darby said, "Why don't you write a song about that? That yeah. that, that riff is great." And I said, okay, that's a good idea. So when, when I had a time during the pandemic, I came up with the chorus and, and the verse, and, and then we had a song. Yeah, it was a lot of fun doing that. I know a lot of people think, oh, yeah, he, he has, his biggest influence is Ed Van Halen, but that's not really true. Mm. If you listen to a guy called Oli Halso, I don't know if you ever heard about yeah. him, from the British band, Pato, he was doing... Uh, this kind of legato stuff, which I, I think Eddie listened to Ollie as well, to be okay. quite frank. Yeah. Back, in, back in the early 70s, he was an amazing player. I think that's by far my biggest inspiration. Mm. So for all you uh, guitar players out there, check out the British band Pato, P-A-T-T-O, and their guitar player Ollie Halsell, amazing guitar player. The inventor of a lot of techniques uh, he was good friends with Alan Holsworth, which you might have heard of. And, yeah, yeah. yeah. And they, actually, they were, they were in the same band for a short while. Oh. I have some recordings of that, but it was almost overkill. You know, mm. it was like um, complete nuclear destruction. <laughs> was, you know, if you have two guitar players of that magnitude, it's, <laughs> it's not pleasant to listen to. <laughs> Um, so that was a fun, fun song, and it's, it's actually a bit of a, a different track from the the rest of the album. But it was it was fun to have. It's fun to have something that's a bit different, and you, that also also is going to work really well live. Yeah, you know, yeah. it will. I mean, it's one of those tracks you you're dying to play live. You yeah. know, as soon as this as soon as this COVID situation is over, we definitely do that. Well, I was going to say it actually reminded me of a, a live song to actually to listen to because. I think there's no overdubs, is there? When you're doing your solos, just bass and the guitar? Is that yeah. Right? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. That's an interesting aspect you're talking about. Mm. Leaving, instead of putting rhythms during the solos. Yeah. But it's, a, it's an 80s thing, too, because you didn't want to lose the power. I, I had numerous debates about that, whether to leave the solo alone, you know? Mm. I'm still struggling with myself if that's a good idea or not, you know. Yeah. But in a way, for, from a guitar player's point of view, it's better because yes. you get more space. Exactly. You know, you have the whole you have the whole spectrum for it to yourself. 
So we'll see what happens on the next album. I, I liked it on The Warrior anyway, you know. Yes. Thoroughly enjoyed the other albums too. And, and my God, we, we got to have uh, Don Airy playing on, on four of the tracks. Yeah. It was just amazing. Uh, I know Don for a long time. I met him with Neil Murray in 1987. I knew Neil, Neil Murray from before. And I mean, he came to the show. We did two nights with Europe at the Hammersmith Odeon. Okay. He came with uh, Neil Murray. And I was so impressed because I was a huge fan, or am a huge fan. I was stuck in everything he did, obviously. But uh, Coliseum 2 with Gary Moore playing mm. the guitar. I just love the fusion stuff they were doing. And we played a little bit over the years, and we wanted to do something together, but never really found the opportunity until now. Mm. So I sent him some tracks, and as I, I talked to him over the phone, and said, I believe this is right up your alley. Tell me what you think. And he said, fuck yeah, let's rock. <laughs> and he, he played on, on four of the tracks, and I was so happy he did. It really put this Don Airy dimension to it. So when you write your songs, do you write the key parts as well or just, just the guitar parts and bass? Yeah, I, I am the keyboard player. I am a keyboard player. That's why I always okay. play keyboards on my, my demos or, and, and on my solo albums and all that. But uh, well, I'm, uh, firstly, I'm a guitar player, but I use keyboards uh, as a songwriting tool yeah. and arrangement tool since I always produce the stuff I do too. So okay. it comes in really handy, yeah. Oh yeah, for sure. No, it's really but I cannot play like Don Airy. <laughs> <laughs> As a matter of fact, only Don Airy can play like Don Airy. Yeah, that's right. Still you kept me in the back of your mind In case that one day you could use me Now I'm tired of waiting Please say The other song I want to talk about is that Ain't Gonna Let You Go. Another great song, one of my other favorites. Oh, great. Just the great, uh, the backing, great. backing vocals, everything on that one, it's like, sound great. So are you doing a lot of backing vocals on that? Is that, or is that Tommy? When I write the songs, I do, a, it's, I always arrange the background vocals. Okay. And I, I do them all. And then I send stems to Tommy and Ken, and they put their background vocals on as well. Mm. So it's really fat. Yeah, yeah. So it's all, all three of us singing, three or four harmonies you know so there's together it's like a meat synth that's what we call it <laughs> it's the real deal yeah i love the sound of our background vocals it's really a big part of the band sound i would say oh for sure i mean like i said especially in that song it really stands out thanks a lot now i can't wait to see you guys live hopefully you get down to australia one oh, day yeah. when it opens up oh absolutely i would love to i mean Right now, the the conversation doesn't allow anything, any touring at all. But yeah. I mean, since we were number one in Japan, it's a no-brainer to go there and tour. And that's not that far away from yeah. Australia and New Zealand, right? So exactly, we, yeah. we might as well go over there then. We yeah. definitely have it in mind. Definitely have it in mind. You know, we want to go over there, and sooner the sooner the better. Nice chatting to you, yeah. mate. And, no, and thank hope you. to see you in Australia soon. For sure, definitely, I'll be there. All right. All right, have a good one. Yeah, thanks, Keith. See you later. Cheers. Bye-bye. Cheers. Bye. Bye.